welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. And I'm Melissa Edgington. I want to welcome you to May Madness. And the days of May Madness are short. They are drawing to an end. It's been a long month. It has been. <laughs> but it's been nice to have a date with you every night to think about our loyal um, fan base. Uh, small in number, but mighty in spirit. <laughs> Y'all have really made this. I wondered if people would listen if we did this every night. But but uh, it's been amazing. Yeah. The response. And we've, uh, it's been, you know, just awesome to see uh, people listening and getting comments and such kind words and uh, people enjoying the content. So that's been a real blessing, hasn't it? It has. It's been very encouraging and fun. Yeah. So 29, uh, day 29 of 29 Oh boy, uh, let's try it again. Day uh, can you? Your eyes are closed right yeah, now. I'm are you a, awake? I'm, I believe I'm, I'm doing that thing I do where I'm asleep but I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> Some people sleepwalk. I sleep talk. Well, I guess a lot of people talk in their sleep, but I like will be talking and then fall asleep. You sleep podcast? I've never done it until just then. But <laughs> day twenty nine of thirty one, thirty one things to teach your children. And, uh, yeah, the other night I was praying, and I woke up and in the middle of me praying. Like, I was still praying, but I was asleep, and I woke up during my prayer. So I have no idea what I was saying. I hope it was spiritual. You were listening. It was a, I was listening, and there was nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah, weird. <laughs> don't, don't understand that, the way the brain works. So, um, great day here in... Only in our little part of the part of the woods, uh, neck of the woods, um, we had our music camp at church start today, and we're gearing up for that amazing time that uh, in every single uh, Southern Baptist church that's worth anything. <laughs> you know, it's time, Melissa. For VBS. Everybody say yes, yes to, to VBS. Yes. VBS, for those of you who are not Southern Baptist, but should be, is uh, <laughs> it stands for Vacation Bible School. They used to have these big Bible schools back in the day. Um, the kids were out of school, so they would have a Bible school that would last for about two weeks. Uh I think they were all day affairs and and they would last forever and the women would work so hard uh, to make the Bible school those stay at home moms would come and make the the Bible school a real success. Times have changed, so now Bible schools take place at night. You know why? So people who work can come do vacation yeah, so Bible school. everybody can be a part of it yeah. and, and, and get the dads involved and get everybody involved and uh, and not just those who who you know happen to be staying at home. There's a lot of working mothers and working dads, and they want to come be a part of Bible school. Yeah. This gives them a chance. Um, I, for one, am thrilled with the night VBS because I'm a night person. Right. The morning VBS just about did me in. It's nice to have the whole day to prepare for Bible school. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So we'll start this Sunday with a parade, and then we'll have our Bible school kickoff Sunday night. And it's always fun. But I do every year a three-day music camp to kind of get familiar with the 
Bible school music in the Southern Baptist world. Uh, in Southern Baptist world, there are um, lots of churches just like ours. Have you noticed that? Just about our size. Yeah. With, you know, just it seems like there's a particular culture there. And everybody loves Bible school. Yeah. Everybody gets fired and everybody loves the music and like the music and the theme are kind of a big deal every year. Yeah. This year's theme is a sports theme, which I think they must do about every 10 years is do a sports theme. I think it's been about 12 years since we've had a sports since theme. It's easy to, it's easy to do. Yeah. So. You've got to quit yawning. I can't stop yawning. I'm so sorry, y'all. But somebody, when somebody yawns and you see it. It makes you yawn. I know. I'm about to yawn because I'm watching you yawn. I know. Don't watch me. So they're yawning? No. You're, you're trying to stop it? Yeah. I can't stop Just it. taking now. a good deep breath. Okay. Well, I'm... you got to keep the oxygen flowing to your okay. brain. Yeah. I'm sorry. And and so what <laughs> we're going to try to do here is we're going to try to wrap, wrap this podcast up the next two or three minutes <laughs> so I can get to sleep. Uh, I need some, I need some, like a caffeine drink. Go get a Dr. Pepper let go, 10. Let me go get me a DP. And uh, Melissa, why don't you start talking? This is yours. It's cold. It's not, is it's that yours? No. I no. don't know where that came from. There's a, there's a DP 10 sitting right here, but. I wouldn't drink it if I were you. It, it feels like it's been room temperature for a while. It's probably yeah. flat. Yeah. I think that's from flat yesterday. Flat cola doesn't do anything Don't for tell me. people we've got yesterday's drinks lying around. I don't around. know what, but that's un, that's very <laughs> unusual. Yeah. Usually, usually a drink doesn't go, this reminds me, you know, feel how much is in there. Yeah. That's not mine. I don't drink Dr. Pepper I must 10. have opened it and forgot I opened it. Yeah. Set it down. Um, if my grandpa, um, I just popped a pee there. Hope nobody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Howe. Yeah, Jonathan, I just popped a pee. I'm sure Jonathan, is, if he's listened to any of our podcasts, he's not listening again. Uh, he's like, these guys are giving me tips? Please. I have content on my podcast. Uh, so if my, this guy's talking about his grandpa. <laughs> and what I'm about to say about my grandpa is so, it's so uh, silly, but it's a memory I have. Is that it would just drive him nuts when kids would open up a can of Coke or Sprite or whatever it is, and then take a couple of drinks of it and then just set it down. And he would walk up and if he'd have picked up a can with that much in it, that much waste, he would have cussed. Yeah. Literally, or he would have he would have used his his version of cuss words, which were like instead of saying, you know. Well, I guess I can't. <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> yeah, let me just show you some real cuss words in case you haven't heard them in a while. Of course, I've heard them. I've heard them lately, haven't you? Yeah, but and he would say "dagnabbit," right? Dagnabbit. I mean, just a whole string of like fake cuss words, but they they sounded real when he said them. <laughs> he was just like, "What? Who is pick, just opening up a can of this stuff and just setting it down and not drinking it? It just would drive him absolutely bonkers." So I kind of had that feeling right there um, when I picked that up. But we were we were all little and and you know just one of those things where. I think when you grow up, those guys that grew up in the Depression and all that just could not fathom kids. See, I can't believe that they had canned Cokes at your things. What do you mean at our things? At whatever get-togethers or oh, whatever. So just like at the lake, just up at the lake house. Yeah, well, we we had two liters and three liters. Nobody was drinking out of cans when oh, I was a kid. Oh, come on, man. Come on, that's redneck. <laughs> 
Better redneck drink it out of two liters. We, we had to get, you know, like the flat. It's not the same. The flat Dr. Pepper that was in the three liter that had been sitting there all day. Yeah. Pour it in your cup and no yeah. bubbles left. Yes, that's one. We didn't roll that way. Yeah. We had cans. Yeah. Out at the lake. Get you a can of Coke. You just grab a Coke. We're we're Texans in the South, and so we call Dr. Pepper. It's like, we, what do you, you want a Coke? Yeah, what kind? Well, give me a Dr. Pepper. It doesn't make sense yeah. to people who call it pop. But, like, when we hear somebody use the word, give me a soda pop. It sounds foreign. It sounds weird. But I, I've tried to, to, I appreciate the fact that you shouldn't call a Dr. Pepper a Coke. It seems, it, it, it seems wrong. All um, bubbly drinks are Cokes, though. Even, like, if, even if somebody wants a Sprite. Yeah. That's a Coke. Yeah, what kind of Coke do you want? Sprite. That doesn't make any sense. You're like, <laughs> I understand they're... The the people who think that sounds weird, I understand their objection. Yeah. So, but it just sounds weird to go. Oh, hey, do you want a cola? How about a cola? Did you know that we weren't? We did not keep. We didn't have cokes in our house when I was growing up. What did y'all just have? Beer? No cokes. <laughs> <laughs> we drank Kool Aid. Oh yeah, we drank Kool Aid too. We didn't have a lot of cokes either in our house. We couldn't have cokes or cereal with food coloring in it. You couldn't have cereal with food coloring in it. Huh. Was that like a religious thing or? <laughs> No, I don't know why. We, we was, was your brother allergic to it, maybe, or something? Maybe. Or was that your your mom trying to be healthy? I don't know. She's I'll have like, to ask she's her. She's like, kids, we're not going to do cereal with food coloring. However, this red candy drink I'm going to give you is just fine. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> we drink gallons of Kool-Aid. Nice try, Mike. Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> she, like, read something about that. That cereal. Can you imagine the 80s and the scare? That cereal with the food coloring in it, that will cause cancer. Yeah. That's what it was. I don't know how kids drink. But the drink... same food coloring in the Kool-Aid, no problem. How did kids drink so much Kool-Aid? There was li- there's literally a cup of sugar in Kool-Aid. Oh, man. It was good, too. It is good. Remember when they came out with Kiwi? That was towards the end of my childhood. Yeah. And that was a game changer. Yeah. Because all we'd really ever had before that was like, you could get like purple or red or yellow. Yellow? Like lemonade. Oh. Like a lemonade Kool-Aid, like lemon Kool-Aid. Oh, we didn't drink that. Ours or was maybe usually was orange, orange. Ours was usually red. Yeah, red, purple, orange. Yeah. It was just sort of like, what color do you want? And then all of a sudden there was like blue. What? And then uh, kiwi. Kiwi was that light strawberry. green. Strawberry, right? yeah. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. We should get some Kool-Aid for the kids. I think Cup of sugar. I think it's bad for you. <laughs> it is bad for you. I, th- I think the way that they just drink water all the time is probably better. It's probably better, I guess so. Saw you today. We were at music camp, and, and uh, our good friend Jose brought us, out of his kind kindness and our local Sonic's kindness, uh, some uh, lemonade concentrate from Sonic. So yeah. like we had like real Sonic That's lemonade. That's special. That's awesome. Yeah. So he brought the concentrate in, and Tori mixed it up, and the kids were coming through the line to get their... That little, little, little cups of ice with lemonade in them, and saw your, you know, she, of course he's so sweet. They uh, maybe she handed him one, and he looked at it like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to drink this. Yeah. Because all he drinks is water, and milk. Yeah. And the kid's got nice teeth. He does have nice teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Probably strong bones. Yeah. But he just, I thought that's funny because I would have not, if, if I'd have been handed water when I was his age, I would have been upset. Yeah, he loves yeah, water. He loves water. It's good because if, he, if he's my son, he's going to have kidney stones and drinking all that water. The milk will give him kidney stones, but the water will clean them out. <laughs> so. 
Hey, I'm going to go get me a drink so I can stay awake. Why don't you introduce our topic? Melissa, why don't you just introduce our topic, and maybe you can just share a little bit of your heart and your passion (laughs) behind this topic? (laughs) Okay. I'll be right back, guys. You won't even know I'm gone. (laughs) Okay, so we are on day 29 of 31 Things to Teach Your Kids. Tonight is kind of a hot topic, I would say, in what's going on in our culture right now. But tonight we're going to talk about teaching your kids to respect both men and women as people who are made in the image of God. So there are a couple of different um, approaches that we'll take to this as we talk about it. We're going to talk about the way we want to teach our kids to think about men and the way we want to teach our kids to think about women. So shall we start with men first, Chad? Do I hear that? (laughs) (laughs) That is a cola, a soda, a Coke, a Dr. Pepper 10, full of food coloring. Maybe. (laughs) Does it have food coloring? Surely it does. Yeah, it probably does. Let's talk about men. So one of the things I've appreciated about Melissa is Oh, you know, you see pretty much on all the, the the popular movies and television shows, men are just made out to be, you know, tremendous oafs in in the media. And, you know, maybe men, like that idea of sort of the checked out dad, you know, the um, nincompoop, the guy that works but has no idea what's going on. I mean, even in, uh, you know, like Stranger Things, they kind of go with that stereotype, you know, that just the, the parents who are out of it, but the dad who's especially out of it. Yeah. And By the way, we don't watch Stranger Things without filtering filtered, it, so, just so you know. Yeah. Just throw because that in there's there. a lot of bad language in that show. Yeah. Don't watch it unless you filter it on VidAngel. But um, there's just always sort of been, in, as far as I can remember... That's kind of been the way dads are portrayed. But we've kind of come in our marriage to think of that as really being unhelpful. Yeah. To think of the dads that way. I don't think it's very accurate about how most men want, you know, think about things. I mean, there's some men that act like that, just total idiots. But most guys are checked in and they care. Yeah, and I think it goes beyond the the stereotype of the out-of-it dad. I mean, there is so much out there that is so widely accepted i think we don't even realize it anymore how often that men are talked about as if they're idiots as if they're children as if they have no sense yeah and And as if they are a hundred percent inferior to women yeah and that could be like a self-fulfilling thing sometimes if that's what everyone's talking about a man maybe he feels what's well, okay if i act like this because that's how people think i am right and that's not how we are and so that the good thing i think you've modeled and kind of taught people uh, throughout our mar- taught women throughout our marriage don't talk about your husband like that in public you know if you've got a problem with your husband talk about it with him but when you're in a sunday school class or talking down at the store or at the beauty shop don't say things about your husband that make him look stupid. Right. What do you, what do you, how do you advise on that? Well, I, in thinking about it in terms of 
teaching our children these things. Mm-hmm. It's important that they don't hear us, you know, especially I think that we have a problem in our families of the the mother talking about the father as if he's an idiot mm. in front of the children. And I mean, I don't think you should do that at any time, but especially not in front of the man's children mm-hmm. for several reasons. First of all, do we want to raise girls who feel that way about men, who think that men are just giant oafs who have no sense? Or do we want to teach our girls that there are men out there who love Jesus, who are smart, who are sensitive, who are caring, who are kind? Those are the kind of men that we want her to look for. If we're just teaching our girls all through growing up, you won't find a man that's not an idiot out there. I couldn't find one. Look at your dad then what do you think her standards are going to be for a man that she's looking for and a husband? Right. And then I think it's even more detrimental to our boys. And I wrote an article about this several, several years ago about the way that we are hurting our boys by talking about men in this way, male bashing, Mm -hmm. basically, is what it is. And that one gets a lot of – that's a leggy blog, isn't it? Yeah, that one still – It gets – Every day somebody reads it, it seems like. Right. So, you know, we have a way of, of, let me read you this little section of this article, and then we can kind of talk about the idea. So uh, the article is talking about how it's perfectly acceptable on television or any woman who, a woman who gets up to a microphone to make jokes about how dumb men are and everyone laughs. And men are not allowed to get upset about that, you know, because they just aren't because women can say whatever they want in our culture these days. And so I was talking about how sad it is that we are saying that about men, but then here's this paragraph. But what's even more sad is what we're saying to our sons when we talk this way. Somehow we act as if little boys are a special breed of male, not having reached the magic age that suddenly makes them dumb and basically useless. But what do you think happens to little boys? who spend their entire childhood listening to their mothers discuss how moronic men are, how immature and how helpless they are. Is this the role that we want our boys fulfilling one day? Do we want to teach our boys that they can dream of being whoever they want to be as long as they're aware that the main thing they'll be is an idiot? We're killing their notions that they can be strong and smart heroes, that they may dream of being like their daddies someday, and all the while we're telling them that their daddies are dummies and Mm. they'll grow up to be dummies too. So I think it's really, we really are wounding our boys in that way whenever we talk about men like that. We want to be talking about men as champions, as, you know, and not all men are champions. There are some men who make terrible decisions and we wouldn't hold them up as role models. But what we need to be doing is searching for the men that we can show to our sons and say, Look at this. Men can be so honorable. They can be so strong. They can be they can be the heroes and mm. you can be that kind of man too. Mhm. That's good. And so f- flip that around then. So we've got sort of let's let's um point out what's honorable about men and then how do we also teach our kids to speak and to talk and to think about uh women created in the image of God. Okay, so it's the exact same problem that you have going the other direction and talking about women. 
We are very bad. We just talked about this a couple of days ago about how bad both men and women are about speaking about women as if they are nothing more than what they look like. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you don't want to raise sons who see women as nothing but objects to be looked at, to be used. We would never want to raise our sons to think that way about women. That's one reason we need to do all we can to protect our sons from the pornography industry because that's all they're learning Mm -hmm. when they're seeing that stuff. They're seeing women as things that exist to please men. Mm -hmm. And... So we want to make sure that we're careful in the way we talk about women and the way we handle technology in our home. We've got a whole podcast about that. I don't remember what number it is, but it's in the title list. I have a title list blog post of all oh, of these of the 31 podcasts, for 31s. Mm-hmm. and it's pinned to the top of my Facebook page. So if you'd like to see a list of all of the 31 topics, it's there with links to get to all of them. So anyway, we don't want our boys to grow up thinking of women in that way. And we certainly don't want our girls to grow up feeling that that is who they are, that they're nothing more than empty shells. And we don't want to raise girls who grow up talking about other girls that way. Mm. That's how you raise a mean girl. Mm. Don't raise a mean girl. Do not raise a mean girl. Yeah. Teach them to be sweet in the way they talk. Yeah. Uh, and and to to well, I guess we should all be sweet in the way we talk, because when it comes down to it, we are. I think when you you start with a human being, um, the first thing to recognize about a human being that's different than any other creature is a human being is created in the image of God. Now the image is marred because of sin, but you can still tell what it is, and you can still know how it's supposed to function. Mm-hmm. And so if we approach everyone as this person is created in God's image, they're an image bearer. Therefore, they have worth and dignity and they have potential. Yeah. Uh, and they are due a certain amount of respect just because they're, they're, they're image bearers of a holy God. I think that's a good place to start and then to, you know, to build upon that. So I think we're careful in how we um, teach our kids to view other people. What a sad thing it would be to teach your son to have a low view of women. Rather, and and we're, I, I guess you could say we're complementarian uh, in our theological uh, bent. We are not uh, egalitarian when it comes to uh, roles that men and women play. We would say theologically, as complementarians, men and women are equal. Right? Right. Okay, so if men and women are equal, then that's what we have to teach our kids. Now, in our functions, as the way God has shown us in his word, because the Bible says certain things is why we believe this, in God's word, we see, um, you know, men and women playing different roles. As as bad as I might want to give birth to a child, it's never going to happen. All right. Like, even that role has been assigned naturally. Um, but you don't want to give birth to a child, do you? No, I just do kidney stones because <laughs> they're worse. No, uh, <laughs> that's what people say. But there are a lot of people that would probably there's you know probably some people out there that really wish they could have a baby. But you know, you, if a dad is you're the man and you're like, I want to be a mom. You, well, you can't. But you're a dad. You can be. A, you're a man. 
you know i mean maybe the 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 i don't even know i, I guess i don't even want to get into all the fluidity and all those different talks about no, this it's not. but <laughs> like something's wrong the way we, we think about this that you would be born a man or born a woman and we have you know people have different feelings you can't deny the way that a person feels or is experiencing life but there are wonderful things about being a man and wonderful things about being a woman right uh, both are equal in you know the eyes of God and should be equal in the eyes of of people. So we we start off with this idea that um there are there's equality uh in our being, a man or a woman. We will play different functions or, or perform uh have different functions, play different roles or function in different roles. You know, in the church, uh Adelaide and I have this conversation every now and then she's like, Well, you know, but I can't be a pastor I say, yeah, you're right. You know, that's an office that God's word tells us that a man is supposed to fulfill. But there are many other ways that you can minister and serve uh, where there's no restriction on that. Right. So, you know, I think I think we teach people, you're, you're made in the image of God, teach people to respect God's image uh, because that is what gives us dignity. And then... Uh, you know, that's still so much more important, I think, than just maybe I would say a minor thing about the functions that we play. But if we're operating within that, you know, na- nature, within the way God has designed us to operate, things are going to work out. Even if it's difficult for some people to accept that, that's always going to be the best way. Right. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I think we teach our kids towards that end. You know, teach, you know, I had a conversation with Adelaide. We were talking about. Um, divorce actually and marriage and and the kind of the sadness of a family falling apart after a divorce and you know you say I told her I said you know it's weird it's kind of like one of those whenever things crash and burn maybe the the question or you know the question to ask is what do you expect? What do you expect? What do you expect when you don't do things God's way? When you have two people that are committed to each other, maybe, but they're mostly committed to other things. Mm. I don't know what it is. Maybe they're committed to each. They're committed to each other. Maybe they're committed to their job. Maybe they're. Com- but the thing that we should all be committed to, if we want our marriage and our relationships to flourish, is Christ. Right. So I said, you know, Adelaide, if if two people are making it their aim to follow Christ and to take up their cross and be a disciple of Jesus Christ, that's going to take care of a lot of these marriage issues. So the problem is not that our marriage is not good. The problem is not that we have a hard time with our money, our parent, parenting, and all this. Those are symptoms of a problem that Christ is not first, mm-hmm. and we're not seeking first the kingdom of God. And and that's, you know, um, I, we get really bogged down in maybe the male female thing because we're not pursuing Christ. So maybe you know in the context of talking about well you're a, you're a boy, you're a girl, this is what a dad does, this is what a mom does. Maybe the best thing to point out is how that partic- teaching the kids to see how following Christ what following Christ looks like for a husband, for a wife. You know, and right. then letting them see yeah, you know, that's that's why these people are happy and filled with joy 
in their service to God is because they're really seeking after Christ. That's why they have a good marriage. Right. That's why they respect one another. That's why I trust them. Right. You know, but and then and then point out those good qualities that following Christ has has um, developed in them. Right. The, fr- the the fruit of their conversion, so to speak. So any any thoughts on that? I would just add that I think we want to strive to teach our children that every single person that we see is a unique, fearfully and wonderfully made soul that God has crafted, you know, and I think it's hard for us to get past outward appearances sometimes. It's hard for us to get past certain behaviors, but... The truth is that we need to view everyone, male or female, or whatever they're doing or whatever they smell like or whatever they look like, we need to view them as a soul. And every soul mm. matters. And no souls beyond redemption. So that's another thing that we can instill into our children is that there's nobody that's so far gone that Christ can't change their heart. Right. You know, that's the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit is you just no match for him. Right. When he decides to move, you're going. And so we think teach our kids, you know, this person has a hope in Christ. Anyone who comes to Jesus in repentance and faith has a hope in Christ. Um, and to talk about them, you know, in, in whenever, say, you've, you're dealing with people that are a little rough around the edges or someone that maybe rubs you the wrong way or your kids the wrong way, you can always find nice things to point out about them. Right. Uh, to teach your kids to respect them and see them through uh, God's eyes, to see them the way the Holy Spirit loves them. Um, But that's a hard thing to do as a parent. It's hard for me to do that. You know, I find myself saying things about people and making statements. Well, that's that's a whole other thing, Melissa, that I've, I've thought about this even today, that here we've given, here's our 29th talk on how to be a good parent. It could easily seem like we are speaking from a position of, like, authority on it. Yeah. The only authority I think we have for these things is God's word. We're not. We're not telling you that we are great parents no. because we can be. A, we could be a lot better. But um, the the we, majority of things that I talk about on the blog mm-hmm. are things that. I need to hear myself that I need to do better about. And so I would never want to give the impression to anyone. I think we said it early on in these, but it's time to say it again, that we don't consider ourselves to be parenting experts by any means. Yeah. We're just parents like you. But there are things, and and I've said this maybe early on, but it's been 29 days straight of talking for like at least 30 minutes about all these things, is that I think there there are just some maybe some life lessons and some things and and we're maybe looking at the comments that we get on these podcasts um we're a little or the messages we're a little like we're cutting through different generations doing this mm-hmm. some older some much younger and there's some things that are probably lost both ways things we don't know about that an older generation did did and yet I think because we came from different backgrounds and we've talked through a lot of these a lot of these issues over the past so many years and been in so many churches where we've rubbed up against people that were just, you know, in our lives, we've just 
they've been a part of our life and we've been a part of their life and watched them parent and seen them do these different things. And so it's maybe given us a, a, a neat perspective. And there, I know there's way, you know, there's hundreds of other perspectives out there, I'm sure. But this is what we have to offer, not as perfect parents, but as people who've seen things, who've observed things and who've lived through things, you know, even our childhood or the way that we're, we're striving to raise the, our children uh, in Christ, learning lessons from ourselves, from our parents, and learning lessons from other people, you know, these others that we've gone to church with and walked with in life. And so we're certainly not trying to say we've got it all figured out or that we're even good at doing the things we're telling you to do. This is one of the hardest ones, I think, because I think culturally, as we're learning as Southern Baptists these days, if you've read read the news, sometimes a culture can develop and you can unconsciously have an attitude that's wrong. Yeah. You can unconsciously have attitude about men that's a certain way or that about women that's a certain way. It's really hard if you if you don't even know you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing to correct it. Yeah. So introspection is good. Be introspective with your kids. So I think it's good to talk out loud and speak out loud. Think out loud for your kids to hear it. Even if that shows you working through something and coming to a different conclusion maybe than you started with. It's good for them to learn how that thought process works in in cultivating a biblical view of the world, right. and and that's that's really it's really crucial even in these times where we see like social movements, social upheaval, to think through that with the kids. And if you have to say, you know, I've just kind of been this way, and my brain's thought this way for a while, I think maybe it's not right. Yeah, that's okay to do that as long as what you're teaching them is biblical. Well, what what my goal has been with these podcasts, really, more than anything, has been to just spur us all on to thinking about these things, Mm -hmm. thinking about being intentional about the way we're teaching our children, and realizing that we're teaching them, even if we're not trying to, Mm. we're teaching them something. That's the scary thing. So we have to be, we just have to be aware and we have to be conscious of the lessons that we're teaching our kids by the way we're living in front of them. Awesome. And so this is one that I think, you know, none of us would want to raise boys who see women as objects. None of us want to raise girls who see men as idiots. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to have to change the way that we speak and the way, and in our our own thoughts, in our own attitudes, in our hearts Mm -hmm. about, you know, the other genders, gender. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just stick with two. Yeah. And um, so it's just something to think about. And it's something that's hard to do because, we're all stuck on appearance, you know, mm-hmm. that's just how our culture is. We're very visually driven, but let's just try to remind our children and ourselves that every single person out there is a soul. Mm-hmm. That's good. Stuff. More than a body. Also want to apologize. I was told by Jackson Chang uh, in a text message today, it may have been episode 73. He said, just all of a sudden out of the blue in the middle of the episode, there was the outro music. That would be my fault. Uh-oh. I don't know how it slipped in there, unawares, but we add that stuff in later, and I guess I kind of added it in in the middle. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> I have no, I'm, I'm not going to go back and fix it. It is what it is. It lasts for like 10 seconds. Yeah. So I wanted to apologize for that if that caught you by surprise. 
and you thought, oh no, it's over. And then there was another, you know, 30 minutes of it or whatever. <laughs> so. All right, we're going to wrap this one up. We've got two more, two more, and our 31 for 31. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. All right, bye bye. Bye bye.